Hey, News Nuts listeners, it's Ezra Graham here. I just want to tell you that if you're wondering why you are not hearing this episode on Wednesday evening, it is because there was Wi-Fi problems yesterday in Brown Cow Studios. So, without further ado, I will bring you News Nerds, episode 10. From Brown Cow Studios in Montana, this is News Nerds, your constant source for news and nonsense. This is the 10th episode of News Nerds. In this episode, I interviewed Deborah Netkin, a first grade teacher in San Francisco, California. I also give all my listeners a listener challenge, and if you win, you can earn a pretty cool prize. More about that later in the show. I'm your host, Ezra Graham, the Punniest Podcast. This week's book note pick is the book The BFG by Roldoff. The book is illustrated by Quentin Blake. In the book, Sophie is an orphan, and the main character, Sophie, meets a giant, who is called the BFG, or the big, friendly giant. This is where the book gets its name. Sophie goes to bed, but she cannot fall asleep. Then, while in bed, she sees the friendly giant from the window of the orphanage. After the plot thickens, the giant and Sophie go on many adventures and meet other characters, including royalty. The BFG uses funny language that can crack anyone up. Raw Dahl incorporates interesting words into the book to make a more enjoyable reading experience. If you like this book, two movies were made, one in 1989 and the other in 2016. They are both great. I have watched them both. Raw Dahl is a well-known author and has written books like the Witches, Danny Champion of the World, The Twits, James and the Giant Peach, Fantastic Mr. Fox, and many, many others. I am very excited for this week's listener challenge because you can earn a prize this week for completing it. But first, I want to get to what it is. This week's listener challenge is a riddle, and I will tell you it in just a second. Above the ocean spray connecting the bay, it weighs 887,000 tons. Many people thought it could not be done. That is the riddle for this week's listener challenge. And now I'll get to the good stuff. You can earn a prize for this week's listener challenge. If... You complete this listener challenge. I will put your name into a hat. And I will pick a name from that hat. The name I select will win the following. A journal, a 130-page journal, but it's not just any journal. It's actually made out of crushed stones. And it's a waterproof journal. Yes, it's made out of crushed stones. You did hear that right. It says on the journal that it uses eco-friendly technology to do so, so it uses no paper. And it's a very beautiful journal. Uh, This set also comes with two reusable News Nerds bags, as well as a note from me, and then a News Nerds sticker. So, look forward to that, and you can email me at newsnerdshost.wixsite.com slash podcast under the Contact um, Us button, or you can contact me just via email. My email is newsnerdshost at gmail.com or you can submit a voice message on my anchor page. So you can do any of the following 
to get a chance to win this week's News Nerds Listener Prize. I'll be picking the winner for this week's Listener Challenge on the next episode of News Nerds, which will be out next Wednesday. A 65-year-old by the name of Jean Van Landegem, who has been getting pizza delivered to his house for over 10 years, says that he is not ordering it, and he doesn't know why the pizza keeps coming to him. Who doesn't like free pizza? Well, this was what he was thinking. Then, when the pizza kept coming, he got tired of eating pizza, as anyone would, This man said that when he smells pizza now, he gets tense. He says, quote, I cannot sleep anymore. I start shaking every time I hear a scooter on the street. I dread that someone will come to drop off hot pizzas yet another time, unquote. This pizza problem could be easily turned around if he told the pizza delivering service to stop delivering to his address, but the pizzas came from different companies and delivery services, and the person sending the pizza would always find a way to deliver the pizza. He has also been getting kebabs. In just a second, we're going to go to my interview with Deborah Netkin, a first grade teacher, but first a message from moi, and then the latest news. Hey, News Nerds listeners, it's Ezra Graham. I just want to tell you that you can subscribe for free by going to the website, that's newsnerdshost.wixsite.com slash podcast, then click subscribe free. It is free. You can Enter your email address there, and I will be sending you the latest updates from News Nerds. Please tell your friends or family about News Nerds. Thank you. And now for the latest news. As U.S. states reopen amid the coronavirus pandemic, other countries throughout the world have already gotten somewhat back to normal. In Iceland, many attractions have been full, as well as bars and restaurants. This is still the case, even though the coronavirus infection rate is high in Iceland. Even though cases in Iceland are high, the death toll is very low. On the 17th of June 2020, the nation celebrated their national day. The Prime Minister of Iceland celebrated with large groups of people and crowds without social social distancing. When on a plane that is headed to Iceland, you must wear a mask. Visitors to the country get swabbed in an airport at the expense of $114. Then, after the results come in, they are given in a text message to the... Her first grade students know her as Ms. Deborah, and she's a painter. Welcome. Thank you, Ezra. It's nice to be here. To start off with, could you tell our listeners about yourself and what you like to do? I like to do a lot of things, but I do love spending my days with children and being with them. I love teaching. I love art. I love plays. I have written a few plays that I've actually acted out in a theater, a solo performance, and I just love the people in my life. 
Could you tell me about your world travels that you tell about on your website? Um, well, my outstanding trips of my life was like five weeks in Indonesia. I traveled with about five people and a British biologist through the whole archipelago. You know, we stayed with the orangutans and we were with the Komodo dragons and on the island of Sumba, we met the people wherever we went. So that was an outstanding trip. I learned to scuba dive on that trip. I've lived in Italy and I've taken art classes near Bologna in Ravenna. And I learned how to do the ancient art of mosaics, taking stones and smashing them and gluing them into compositions. That was a favorite trip. Another one was just renting an apartment in Paris with a friend and hanging out in Paris for a few weeks. So I guess, you know, I've traveled a lot and I don't travel that much anymore, but those are outstanding. Those were great trips. I like staying in one place for a long time. Can you tell me about your painting? Well, I go to a lumber yard and I buy wood, two feet. They cut it for me, two feet by two feet squares. I love animals and so I study an animal before I paint it and then I send it good energy and I sort of feel like uh, humans are messing up their environment and habitats. So I sort of call my paintings apologies to nature. I kind of send good energy to the animals that I'm painting because I feel that they don't understand what's happening to their environment, you know, and they're kind of innocent. So uh, I keep painting animals and I enjoy it. It's kind of a meditation for me when I paint. Could you tell me uh, what a normal day in your first grade classroom would look like? Okay. Usually, I, that's where I play my guitar and we sing songs. And I sing songs that hopefully they can make up parts to. So everything is very participatory. There's usually a math puzzle. And then some days we just do creative writing stories. So they might start a story and then get together in small groups and share their ideas with each other so they can give each other more ideas. We call that clarifying questions. And then they go back and do more writing after clarifying questions. That could be recess. And then after recess, there's activity centers, like learning centers. We have a great day. I really miss it. And then there's five different centers and they visit one a day. And there's usually kind of an intensive learning task at each center. And I change them. There's a math center, a reading center, writing, you know, that kind of thing, science. Then they go to lunch. And after lunch, it's usually quiet reading, maybe art or dance or music or library. And usually I try to have like a learning game at the end of the day using something we learned during the day. And either we play hangman or, or sometimes we just do something fun so we all go home laughing. Being a teacher in California, how was your personal experience with remote learning in the coronavirus pandemic? <laughs> That's the question of the year, Ezra. Um, most of us had a really hard time because it was so sudden. Like in two weeks, we had to be up and running. when None of us had ever done it before. It was really hard. And it was hard also for the kids. Like they didn't fully, at first grade, they didn't fully understand suddenly we weren't together anymore. But after a few weeks, I kind of found my groove and learned how to have fun with them. So I'd say like the last five weeks of it, we actually had a good time again. But the screen can never compare to an alive 
group of people sitting together. So there's a real loss there, but I guess it was the best we could do to stay connected. How will the upcoming school year look like and will there be safety measures put in place in the classroom? <laughs> You're asking such thoughtful questions. Um, that's the question everybody's wondering. Uh, I've been participating in town halls. They're asking teachers what do they think is needed to feel safe, especially with little kids. We don't think they can handle the six feet apart every day, you know, and the cost it would take to have nurses and people on staff to manage them. They get sick a lot anyway, and they cough a lot, and there has to be an abundance of Purell and an abundance of masks. It's going to be labor intensive for teachers to keep taking temperature while they're teaching. Some of the models for next year are you have half the class for half a day. Then there's a break and the whole room gets cleaned somehow. And then there's the other half a group. So in, in San Francisco, first grade caps off at 22 kids. So I would have 11 in the morning, take a break, have 11 in the afternoon. That's one model where there's less kids together. But there's so many theories on how to do this that no one knows yet. My concern is there's not enough money in the budget to make sure everybody's supported. But I hope, I hope to see the kids in the fall. I miss them. Our school is particularly close. You know, we love the families and, uh, you know, you're asking the million dollar question, Ezra, we'll probably know in another month. What has been your favorite thing to do in the coronavirus pandemic while you were <laughs> in San Francisco? Okay. My favorite thing during that, that's really hard because I've been working a lot. Well, I was, I was happy to paint and not think, you know, it was a, a lot of learning curve for all of the uh, architecture of the software, you know, learning all these new environments. So it was nice to paint. There's a square up near where I go for coffee. I've seen my friends every day. It's a real community. So we all go and sit six feet apart and visit. So hanging out with friends, I just, you know, it's important to just be with people that you love to spend time with. And also Golden Gate Park, I don't know if you've ever been there. Were you in Golden Gate Park? So uh, I meet other teachers in Stowe Lake and we uh, love walking around Stowe and looking at all the bird life. So we do, I do that quite a bit. But it's slowing down and just getting a chance to breathe after all that work, which is really nice. So getting quiet. What will be changed in your community after the coronavirus pandemic? Because as you were just saying, there, it's so uncertain and many things could change. I think, uh, I wonder how, in my mind, I wonder how long it will take for uh, people to learn to be playful with each other again. Like even children understand the seriousness of this. We may be forever changed in that we're going to have different ways of communicating, I think, and being affectionate with each other. Just in friendship and stuff, you know, we shake hands or fist bump or chest bump and have fun together. I think that we're going to be more aware and I think even the kids will be. So I think there'll be different ways of socializing and different ways of playing games. I mean, we have to invent new games. I mean, obviously I can't play volley balloon in the classroom anymore. So I, I look forward to seeing how creative we can be so that we can still have fun together. You know, I don't know what that is because there's a phrase, necessity is the mother of invention. Once we're there, 
I think we'll figure it out. I hope to. Before we go, what is it like being stuck in a big city while the coronavirus hit the United States? I don't feel stuck. Okay, this is, I've always lived in a city. I was in New York before this. It's just my life. But definitely I'm indoors more. So when I go outside, I really notice that I'm loving look at the sky. Like when it's particularly blue, it feels amazing. So I look at the sky and the trees and the flowers all the time, like more than I ever have. So I feel like I'm more aware of the beauty of nature, which I love anyway. But I just feel like because I'm indoors more, I look into flowers more. You know, I take in the colors, I walk by them, and I stop and I take pictures of them. So I feel like that's the hard part of a city, you know, but we're in spring, so the, the color is amazing right now. So I, when I go out, that's what I look for when I take my walks and I see it. You know, San Francisco is a beautiful town. It is. Thank you for joining us today, Miss Deborah. It's been my pleasure, Ezra. I've been so looking forward to meeting you. And it's an honor to be on News Nerds. In this audio clip, you're hearing Ms. Deborah's class playing volleyball. Let's hear a little bit more before we move on. That's one happy group that she has. It's time for By the Numbers. According to Johns Hopkins University, the U.S. now has a little bit under 2,200,000 cases of COVID-19. That's it for By the Numbers. this week's news nerds episode but you can do some news nerdy things while you are stuck at home this week you can submit your answers to the listener challenge this week's riddle is above the ocean spray connecting the bay it weighs 887,000 tons that's a lot of tons and many people thought it could not be done so if you have an answer for that riddle that I made up, you can contact me by going to the News Nerds website or just contacting me at newsnerdshost at gmail.com or submitting a voice message. You can subscribe today. It's free. Contact me or go to the website and just hit subscribe free. It is free. Just enter an email address and then you will get the latest updates. Special thanks to Deborah Netkin for being on this week's episode of News Nerds. I'm your host, Ezra Graham. We'll see you next week.